Old Man Winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice and a good polar vortex. <laughs> Heaven! Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, Old Man Winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. All right, and welcome to Fast Break Breakfast NBA Podcast. My name is Keith. I'm here, as always, with my buddies, Chuck and John. Boys, I have a, a little buyer's glee, or what is it? It's not remorse when you feel happy. It's like the, the ecstasy, buyer, the glow. Just, I think you just coined the term buyer's glee. Well, it's like when you pay extra to buy a new car. Like, oh, it loses $3,000 when you drive it off a lot. Yeah, but it feels good. We've got that new recording equipment smell. We actually, uh, some someone out there ponied up, actually paid us $4,000. That's amazing. That's not true. Thank no. you. But we did buy a new headphone box, which is not the cheapest one on the market, which is what we had been using. Yes. An old cheapest one on the market. It is a C-Class was... signal processor. Yeah. Chuck, you did that in the Air Force, right? Wasn't I was processing kind of a... all sorts of Cs oh. in the Air Force. Wait, is, I don't get that. Is... Cs and Ds. Cs and Ts and As. Cs and Ds sounds like... What? Let's just leave that. In, a, okay. in, a, in, a, in England, you can say this word. Here, you may not say this word. <laughs> So hopefully we uh, we had a little technical technological much like the speaking issue I just had <laughs> on it's, it's a big word very big and uh, last week but so we decided it was finally time to invest some of our hard earned three years of advertising dollars mm-hmm. to buy the second cheapest headphone box on the market had well, to talk to Samson <laughs> the greatest part about it was the way we were starting podcasts before would be we'd all set up the box wouldn't work. John would smack it on the top with his hand as hard as he could, and then it would work. Well, and then we would forget about it until the next week to where we're about to podcast and then panic and then jump. That isn't telling again. the whole story. We went months where we would put our headphones on and then just smack the box, smack the box mm-hmm. until we could both hear, until all three of us could hear and from I both ears. just couldn't hear. Yeah, and so then finally we found a new technique where John just screamed. Yeah, yeah. And, oh, that's and, right. And, he redlined and, and it. He, yeah. he, he fixed it with gain. <laughs> yeah. So like we 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 would we would shake the box and then then Chuck would be like like fix it with volume and then and then <laughs> and then John would yell and then the box would work. <laughs> <laughs> and there there it was. And all right. No, our boxes broke. When I great. went to to get this box, I had an amazing experience. Yes, tell us more. 
This is not basketball. This is bigger than basketball. It's life. So I go in there, and you know how there's always guys like either jamming out to music. This is at a, like a guitar center, Sam Ash type store. It's actually Sam Ash. I don't know if that's everywhere. But um, and instead of guys jamming out, there's a guy who's dressed all in black with uh, black uh, sweatbands on his wrist. That's that was weird. Like super roadie, I guess. Well, yeah, mm. you don't you don't get your fingers slick from all that sweat. Was I this guess. Andrew WK? Uh, maybe, <laughs> maybe at age fifty-two with a pencil-thin mustache and bifocals, and then another guy Still who hope. was in all real tree camo, and they had come in there to plug in something they had written, and it was already playing. Uh, I got I kind of got filled in the story to, by by an employee, and I, it it was like real grandiose, like kind of reminded me of like. Maybe like a Kim Jong Un coronation, like mm. wailing guitars, like and like big drums and stuff. And they were chanting <laughs> something the whole time I was in there. And I'm just, I'm trying to find a head headphone box, and I'm walking around, so I'm not really processing it. But I slowly realize what they are chanting is Trump, Trump, no way, Trump, Trump. And then they start the music like crescendos, but then his voice starts to come through, and they put parts of his speech into the song. And I like scramble over to an, uh, an employee of Sam Ash. I'm like, what is happening? <laughs> That's incredible. And he's like, this guy wrote this song for some kind of Trump rally and wanted to play it for his friend. And he just dragged him in here and played it. And he's been playing it over and over again. And we don't know what to do. It's mania. And then I tried to surreptitiously videotape this guy with my phone. And he came over and just pointed his finger in my face and I ran. That would probably be... <laughs> That's about what you would do. That's yeah. what I needed to do. Um... But well, I have so many questions. It was amazing. So the guy shows up with his friend and plugs in his iPhone. Like, what did I he guess have? So yeah, he, he wanted just, to hear it. Li- it was loud. Yeah, it was over just, one of their systems. He yeah. brought, he he used his aux cord. Yeah, yeah. Plugged to in. share oh, it. This guy had like a belt filled with audio. You can be sure he, he a, has no idea. He was how he was the, ba- works. the Batman of DJs. Absolutely, that's great. Had, and then the other it was his buddy who was just in real tree camo, head to toe. Mm-hmm. Incredible. And they were just playing it and and looking around, looking because everyone everyone kind of like realized what was happening at the same time. Right around when he was like, "We can make this country better. We can make it faster, <laughs> stronger." And, was, and I mean, I'm just like, I got filled with like something akin to your buyer's glee. But there were plenty of people who were horrified and mollified. What word would you use when you're, let's say, you're watching someone uh, struggle and you're enjoying it? What's that word, John? Oh, I didn't. I didn't know there was a word for that. <laughs> well, not not in English. Not in English. Oh, yeah. is that not an English? Word? We don't. We don't have an English word for it. <laughs> well, that's no. wild. Uh, so you walked in on a, a on a mild Trump rally, right? It might have been the rallying call. It's one of those things I where, where no one knows anyone who's voting for Trump. But right. then, but then it turns out he's going to be president, <laughs> and everyone's like, "Well, who voted for Trump?" Like, like this was in. Um, uh, river, uh, the Rivergate area of, of Nashville, uh, a suburb that I've heard of, and I'm not quite right. sure where it is. It's a special place, and if you go to Rivergate and then try to get to Keith's house, it takes about two hours. <laughs> I feel that feels right. Yeah, it takes it takes forever. If you only take side streets, yes, right. <laughs> Got to avoid them popo. <laughs> All right. So on this day, on this day of of buyers ecstasy, did we have breakfast? I did. Yes, John. What did you have? I've been getting up supremely early to build this fence. What's early house. for you, John? Tell our listeners. Nine o'clock. That's that's pretty early for John. For yes. John, but not for, for most of America. That's that's early for almost. And that's John waking up at nine, which means he I hits feel like his snooze button three times. I feel I'm like not that's a snooze button man. You're not. No. Okay. Good for you. I was going to say. Man. I feel like that's pretty early for our listeners. 
Okay. I think we have a lot of listeners that get up around noon. I think we got some drive time guys that get we up. We got a couple drive timers. Yeah. Right. Okay. I mean, for me, very early, but, you know, I've got a guy helping me build this fence. His name is Catfish. Love Catfish. He's wonderful. And we, uh, so we, so we're building this fence, but I feel the need to supply breakfast for the contractor dude, the guy who's building this immaculate wooden construction in my backyard. So I've been going down to ye old biscuit house oh. and getting those sausage, egg, and cheese biscuits. They real, son. So good. It's a really, it's it's maybe the weirdest uh, drive-through establishment in history. It's a great place. The biscuit house is a, a Nashville establishment that's been around for a while. Staple. It's a staple. I've been going either there or to a place called Charlie Bob's. Oh, the CB. And Chuck gets mad at me when you he finds are getting, out. You guys are getting deep Nashville. We're, we're right. alienating our, our Denmark listeners. Well, so I'm, I'm, like, I'll, when they I'll come. get to it. If you're not familiar with the southern establishment Waffle House, it's basically like the greasiest of greasy spoons, but the food is so consistently whatever it is it is. Yeah, right. Like, I'm not going to say it's great, but it's also not bad, but it's always the same. Charlie Bob's is that. Oh, I, feel like they, I feel like they uh, they modeled it on it. It's, it's like a diner of the and South. And every city has one. I think we could connect this to our international fans, the Denmark folk. Like a so they have a place they can go to where they get their traditional right. breakfast. Yeah. And that's it's our Charlie Bob's. Nice little diner. That's our Charlie Bob's here. Yeah. yeah. Southern diner. That's real good. Well, yeah. Uh, I had the opposite. So what did you have? Biscuits? Mm-hmm. Sausage egg biscuits. You know what I had? Yes, Chuck, tell me. I had a V8. Oh, oh, you stopped drinking your breakfast. Yeah. Ugh. Were you walking around all sideways until you had it? <sighs> I was. How much vodka yeah. was in it? None. No vodka. Just had a V8 Tabasco? and a water for breakfast and then had a little tuna sandwich for lunch. How many flavors? I, I don't I don't like tomato juice at all. Yeah. v eight. it's one of those things I've never quite been able to grasp. I've tried Bloody Marys, like fancy Bloody Marys at, you know, like, oh, it's $12 Bloody Mary. You know what? This will be the one that'll, that'll win me over. You know, let's go to like a and, chicken And I'm like, you know what? I can't. has a Bloody Mary yeah, bar. It's like, yeah, it's like bacon-infused mm-hmm. vodkas with jalapeno olives. and the yeah. olives. And I'm like, I love olives. Mm-hmm. And I take it. I'm I like, this is olives. like, this is one of the, this is a torture. So I'm curious, do, do V8s, I assume V8 has marketed themselves and actually has a lot of different flavors. Have they, they done they this? They have carrots. Uh, at Carrot the gas station juice. that I got oh, this at? Gas uh, yeah. It's like, okay, I'm at the gas station. I have choices. It's a hot dog on a roller or something <laughs> somewhat healthy. And that's a V8 drink or a protein shake. Your boy's got to get thin. You know what I'm saying? It's, it's swim shoe season. I have two friends who are fat who have lost weight. Chuck is one of them. And Chuck hasn't done this. But the other one now thinks he is thin. Oh, I'm not thin. You're just... Less fat. Yeah, you're the right size though. I'm good for what my my bones. You're, hold. You're, yeah, right, right, right. Now I'll tell you, it's, you're looking right. I'm looking right. But I'm scared so, at any moment that this mutual friend of ours is going to like take his shirt off. Oh no, he's 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 that around. confident. I know I'm who you're talking all about. That loose skin. No, no one needs I know that who you're much talking confidence. About, and he's he will. He will. Oh, he's waiting for swimsuit season. He's talking uh, about it. He's talking about going on the boat in the river. <laughs> I'm like, Dude, I, feel, I feel exactly probably opposite. Gonna, like probably when it's time ha- for me top. to get semi nude, I want to be as like I want to look as much like Hunter S. Thompson's lawyer from Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas as mm-hmm. I can. What's his name? <clears throat> they call, uh, his, call, real, he, his real name is Oscar Zeta Acosta. Does, uh-huh. Doesn't he call him like goat? It's not Dr. Gonzo. It's and they characterize him as Samoan. Damn it, I can't remember this when he was actually a Mexican man. Yeah, I was gonna say when it's I'm a, like I'm a I'm a pretty skinny guy. Right. When it's time for me to take my shirt off, right. 
I prefer to be submerged in water up to my neck. Oh, like you know, it's like oh, it's time to jump in the lake. I don't know, my shirt's coming off now. I'm in the lake. Like no, I, I, I prolong it. I do like the Phoebe Cates, <laughs> like parade around walk, the pool, walk around in slow mo. Why not? It's Raul Duke. Oh yeah, yeah. I, I, I deserve your all. <laughs> no, Raul Duke is Hunter S. Thompson's uh, alias. Oh, it is. It's it's my attorney, Doctor Gonzo. Doctor Gonzo. Damn it. Yeah. Sorry, we're Raul. slipping, man. I know. I haven't read any Hunter S. Thompson in a long time because I also haven't done mescaline in a while. So we should do both of those. You lost all that. <laughs> my my breakfast was once again mescaline, not <laughs> n- not mescaline. Got myself a scone Uh-oh. from the official bakery of Fast Break Breakfast, Sam and Zoe's. Do you have some sort of like sly solo deal over there where you're the only person that gets to reap the benefits of yeah. us having a sponsorship? Okay, okay definitely the only man. Here's the thing: Sam and Zoe's does not know they are our, our official baker. What the hell but, are you doing? But please? I do, but I do get a hookup pretty frequently uh-huh. from knowing from knowing Baker Lauren. That has okay. to be when I think of your lifestyle. It usually is so appalling to me. Because of the overwhelming routine of it all, yes. But that has to be the biggest benefit. Like you have family everywhere. Like, what do you Chipotle, mean by family? Chipotle is those oh, no. people are well, your so family. You, no, but but so John, your lifestyle is you have the hookup at the bars and, and everywhere. Like yeah, you know right. all the local people. So you're now right. I've I've entered a new life where I, I have like yeah I, I have I have regulars. I feel like everyone's this way. Like my whole life I wanted to be a regular somewhere. Now it turns out it's it's a it's a bakery. It's a coffee shop. I think mm. you getting uh, free burritos and free. Scones is way better than getting the odd free tab at a bar. So I think you've won. You've John, defeated me. John is grass is totally grass underselling. Is, grass is green. His, his, his bar. So he walks into this place, Mickey's. It's his bar. Right. He does not ask for a drink. It is cracked and handed to him right. within seconds of him walking through the door. I do not go to the bar. They he come, doesn't. They come, they, they come to he me. will go sit down and they will deliver him his drink. As busy as the night it, it can be, right? He gets his service. So don't let him. Talk yeah, shit. Uh, Seth yeah, Pomeroy. They don't do that for me. Seth Pomeroy asked uh, asked why they were so nice to me at Mickey's, and uh, 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 Dermot replied, "He's a big English. Who's guy. Dermot? He's a, the big English bartender. He's there. Irish, okay. but close enough. Yeah, yeah. He goes <laughs> for John. That's, he goes, that's great. Has John ever gotten mad at you? And uh, and <laughs> Seth goes, "Yeah." He was like, "How terrible was that?" <laughs> and he goes, "It was pretty bad." Did he make fun of you? And he goes. Yes, he did. He's like, "Do you ever want to experience that again?" <laughs> and he was like, "So is he Scottish?" No, I I can't do it. He's doing Everything all sorts turns of into Mike Myers from, uh, from So I Married an Axe. Yeah, yeah. look at the, the size of that thing. <laughs> I was trying to. I was actually trying to channel uh, Chuck's father, but it didn't work out. Um, he's That's good, amazing. Good man. The best right. thing about Chuck's father is the way he says "you," 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 "you." It has every vowel in it, <laughs> and the Y. It even has the fake vowel. <laughs> All right, that's perfect. We're pretty deep into the show. Oh, man. Without mentioning basketball. <laughs> it might be time to mention the NBA. Guys, we talk basketball here mm. sometimes, too. So after our See breakfast. See you later, Michael Leeds. After our <laughs> breakfast, we get to our breakfast in bed. Apologies. This is our chance to make right what we might have gotten wrong in any previous episode. Does anyone have anything they need to apologize for? I do. Yes, John. I will begrudgingly apologize to Jonas Valanciunas. However, caveat. That's big of you. That's big of you. Now say he is however. being guarded by Hassan Whiteside, who is a fool. Oh, okay. I still. You, we only a, have an empty stats fool. We only have one game sample for this right. against Whiteside, but Valanciunas was killing it. But also in the first round, in their terrible, underwhelming first round win over the Pacers, right? Valanciunas was a force. 
offensive force they and gobbled better, the rebounds. They played better and won their games when Bismack Biombo had more minutes and played better. Bismack and Jonas both have some of the highest true rebounding percentages right. I think they've ever seen. Yeah. In, in like, I love Bismack Biombo. How is he not on the Grizzlies? That should be our backup. He was, he was on my list of I would like to sign him right. last we year. Talked about Signed for $3 million for know, nothing. You know how people are talking about how Festus Azili is going to go and be a starting center somewhere? Going to get I, paid. I feel like Bismack Biombo is way better than Festus Azili. Oh, Bismack will get way more than Festus. Oh, good. That's good to know. That yeah. makes me feel better. That feels like there's some righteousness in the world. Then. Yeah. <laughs> there's nothing wrong. Yeah. Nothing wrong with that. My apology this week is, well, actually, thinking about a couple. We, I know we mentioned that we wouldn't actually, we're not supposed to apologize to each other for things. You may apologize to me. Now. But this is actually, uh, is it Reservoir Dogs where they say, if, uh, if, you, if you insult me in, in your dream, you better wake up and apologize? Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. So I actually had a dream about you guys. Uh-oh. What? And it was the most... Re- I, think, I think it's already a nightmare. It was the most realistic... You know, like, it wasn't a fantasy of something weird happening. Right. So I was really late. It was dream. like, I I, I, I assaulted... John. I physically assaulted John from anger. <laughs> <laughs> did, did John show up 35 minutes late for the dream? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I'm so sorry. It was, it was, a, <laughs> it, it was a thing where... Uh, I had this dream where I was... This is the most passive-aggressive thing that's ever happened to it's me. So no, 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 no. It really was. Oh, we're so... going to get deeper, dog. Don't worry. This <laughs> well, is just the, the frosting. The funny they part... They can't is... see it, but I'm sweating. I now sweating. can't pink. look at Keith. He's pink. I don't... I don't... <laughs> Flushed. The funny part is I don't remember exactly what John had done. I'm sure I was really late. <laughs> yeah, you, you you were late or something, or we'd set up something, and you hadn't done the thing you were supposed to set up for. Oh, so we I got almost a... did that today, too. <laughs> so, so we got in a fist fight, and then, and then Chuck, I was like, Chuck, have my back, and I asked Chuck a question. And Chuck just looked at me with his blank, glazed-over stare, and I was, yeah. And did, he, it, did he speak backwards it, like the dwarf from Olympics? <laughs> <laughs> no, he didn't. So that was a funny. You guys, you guys invaded my dreams, and it was a. Uh, wow. It was like, oh, someone's late and unprepared, and now oh. I'm angry, and it was funny. I deserve it. It made me laugh, but that is my actual apology. Just want to share that. Okay. okay. My apology is a. Uh, I was kind of putting down the two hundred dollar haircut, John. You mentioned last week right. you, you had you had a you had a special hookup, right? You know, someone who normally charges two hundred dollars. Right. We're saying, what's a two hundred dollar haircut? I think it's coloring. Well, I think I think you're right there too. But a power listener, Chris Howell, pointed out, like Alfred Payton, that might be two hundred bucks. Yeah, and that's something special. Yeah, and that really and that is. actually brings me a lot of joy. I assume it brings Alfred a lot of joy. That's worth two hundred dollars. I bet LeBron's haircut is about two hundred million dollars worth of plastic surgery. <laughs> the Wayne, the Wayne Rooney. <laughs> yeah. Give me the Rooney. Yeah. Yep. Anyway, Chuck, do you have a an apology this week? Um, you know, I think I wanted to apologize to that purple shirt guy <laughs> in Charlotte. First of all, can what you, can what you is fill us in on what this is? It's just be it's Wade and this dude popping off. So this is the so guy, guy in the audience. This is the yeah. guy. He should have had his tickets. Like he should have been. This is a guy who's already received the NBA warning because he was the man who got up in Kevin Durant's face on a throw-in before, and and it was a thing where the the officials had him step back, and then he actually received the NBA warning letter saying, "Like you are whatever, you're on notice, you're on the watch list." (laughs) So they're jawing back and forth, him and Wade. we just, but this was the dude, the classic. I don't know what his story is totally. I did read the article. I think the Charlotte Observer had an article about him, mm-hmm. where he drives in from Greensboro or somewhere, yeah. which I assume is farther from Charlotte. I don't, <laughs> I don't know the geography. <laughs> we should really care about how far it is. But 
the fact that he had some, you know, the stupid like bandana thing, yeah. and he's wearing like a, a little baggy, like, like a, a with a drawstring on his back. So you're apologizing to him? No, for, I'm not. Apolog- well, I'm apologizing to him because the way he broke his heart in Game Six hit those. That's, so that actually leads. Uh, so that wraps up our apology because I'm I'm jumping on this Done. immediately. Let's do it because my best thing, my steak and eggs best thing, is watching purple shirt guy. Just get obliterated. <laughs> it was amazing. something about. So I had a weird experience where I was pretty much pulling for. I was pulling for the Hornets in this, even though Chuck, my buddy Chuck, big Miami fan. I'm watching these games. I find myself cheering for the Hornets. It's one of those series. I wasn't sure which way I was going to pull yep. until the games actually started, and I found myself like, I like this Hornets team. It's a fun story. They're they're a small. They lost. They're not. Platoon, a, they're not an important good. team in the grand scheme of the NBA. Like yeah. no one gets yeah. excited about the Charlotte Hornets. So I was like cheering for them. But then game six happens and this this bro, this like 40-year-old well-off bro, maybe he's self-made, I don't know. Who knows? Maybe, maybe he came from nothing, worked his way up, and he saved up to get these front row seats. But to see him yelling at Dwayne Wade with that stupid like baggy pants, Looking I don't know what you call those pants. Zumbas? Like, it, to see him up there and like almost getting on the court, walking over in front of other people, like you got to stay in your space, man. Like, yeah. You can stand up, but like stay in your area. So... This this one guy yelling. My best thing, I guess, is Dwayne Wade woke up. I mean, Dwayne Wade's been playing well, oh, but yeah. he he had his first three pointer since what last year or something. Uh, it was, I think, um, it was before Obama's first term. Right. So Dwayne, <laughs> he, Dwayne Wade hit two two threes, clutch threes, game series season saving, literally threes. his first it, threes I mean, since December fifteenth. So, okay, yeah. So it was it was literally since December and. The fact that this is a elimination game for the Heat, they're in Charlotte on the road, and Dwayne Wade comes up with three dagger shots, two of them being threes, all with like Courtney Lee draped all over him, uh-huh. and this guy yelling at him, and and Dwayne Wade's just like staring at this guy, and so it that was my best thing. One seeing this warrior Dwayne Wade guy I enjoy watching play basketball, a guy we've called washed in our if not out loud, we've thought it. Like many times before, but he's him rising to the occasion and in the face of this man who, with my own personal prejudices and stereotypes, immediately hated upon viewing. I'm like, I hate this guy. And so to see him to see him vanquished, it was it was more satisfying than I assume whenever Ramsey Bolton gets what's coming his way. (laughs) Uh, Keith, you know, when you uh, when I get to sit in your seats every once in a while, I am the purple shirt man. I know. <laughs> you're really, you're really not. But like, you're, like, you're not so, that so, close. So, so, so yeah. John, also true. <laughs> John at a live sporting event can be a bit much. Oh, awful. But he's still, <laughs> I still realize, I feel like he has some amount of restraint that this man didn't seem to have. Oh, maybe, uh, maybe, maybe if John was on the court on the side. margins, on the margins, I've seen John tell Yaramir Yager that uh, he had like specifically. Uh, tawdry affairs with prostitutes i i had some inside info i think i, I think i think a, i think a big difference for me is you at the very least would likely be wearing either i a guess purple would, shirt that's exactly what john would be wearing you probably would i was gonna say sometimes you wear, wear a leisure suit of the color of my team you do uh, kind of wear i feel like whatever his the fact that his shirt was baggy and it seemed to have like a rope belt that really just threw me off yeah that seemed kind didn't of enjoy it he's just some the SEC conference frat guy. Yeah, so sorry that you're uh, now just waiting for North Carolina and or Duke to start. I'm not sure what col- one of those two colleges. It has to be. Oh, it could be either one. I was going to make a despairing <laughs> remark. Disparaging <laughs> remark. It could be either one. It could be NC State, honestly. He's probably Wake Forest. 
No, I mean, and and then and then the, the related um, ancil- ancillary related this better be good, Keith. To to purple shirt guy is Drake. Oh yeah. Who I I was cheering for the Raptors against the Pacers until the whole Drake got in Rodney Stuckey's like behind his head. He thinks he's that dude. And then I'm like, this guy is the biggest front running guy anyway. I don't get Drake. Like I miss out on a lot of pop culture, so I don't quite understand his thing anyway. Yeah. But then to see him on the court side, whatever, getting up clapping in a guy's face, I was like, now now I'm cheering against the Raptors. So That's all it takes. It's all it takes. I'm one, very I'm very fickle. One one or two multimillionaires. Acting like a jerk turns yeah. Keith off. Yeah. <laughs> Sounds about right. Yeah. I mean, wait, wait, wait. Am, I, am I wrong here? No, what? you're a populist, and okay. that's what I yeah. love about you. Okay, good. Yeah. <laughs> Sounds pretty good to me. Uh, I, I feel like, uh, well, we better get to to your actual... To no, that's my steak and eggs. My steak and eggs is the, actually just the Dwayne Wade response to 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 Ooh. defeating... You and Chuck are synergized. We are synergized. Mm-hmm. Trying to beat me up in dreams. We're like, and, yeah. We're like women who have synced their cycles. Absolutely. Best thing for me this week, absolutely, <laughs> hands down, the greatest NBA moment of all time occurred, where the refs so horribly botched a finish to a game that everyone is just laughing at them, especially Mark Davis. Mark, Mark Davis didn't just swallow his whistle at the end of Spurs Thunder. It went through into his esophagus, <laughs> went through peristalsis or whatever it's called, into his stomach, into his smaller and larger intestine, out his finger, and into the toilet. That no fouls were going to be called under any circumstances. Manu Ginobili was cheating. Uh, wh- everyone was cheating at all times. I mean, there were, when we were talking about fans, right? The purple shirt, yeah. guy, a fan so, grabbed Stephen Adams. Adams by the I, arm. I, I think it was a lady. <laughs> I think there needs to be more into that. I haven't heard the follow up to the Stephen Adams thing. Seeing the officials just completely it, butcher the ending like that, and it wasn't even just the refs. The clock started early. I'm, you it, know, like so the everyone was, it was jammed up. It was a stunning up. indictment of everything that's wrong with the NBA, and I think it may actually result in some change. <laughs> I so I vehemently disagree with you on all counts. Really? You thought that was the, the worst thing? No. Well, you, you thought you, it was you, handled well. You're saying that there was massive errors on everyone's part, right? I'm saying a lot of and, weird and, things and, happen, and, and it'll result in changes. You don't think so? One. All right, I don't know. One, I think the refs did fine. Really? I don't think anything. So this was actually going to be my worst thing. Right. Is the reaction. The reaction you kind of just enunciated. Right. The the world's reaction to the, oh, the last two-minute report came out, and the NBA admitted they missed five calls in the last 13 and a half seconds, and everyone's like, oh, it's terrible. It's the worst thing I've ever seen. So here, here's here's. I mean, what, the Spurs still missed all those shots. It was hysterical. Here's 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 where I start. One, the foul calls before the inbounds pass. Mm-hmm. No one wants to see those fouls called. I agree. Like, if you wanted the 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 whole the two missed call holds like called like no no one wants that like it, it's kind of a scrum. So then you have the actual the weirdness the play we've never seen before. Right. The 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 Dion Waiters. Elbowing Ginobili, Ginobili flopping backwards. So my also, take, why is Deion Waiters doing that? Why is he in that? Why is he in that? Position? Why is he in that position? Is, right. is the question of the he day. He has like point eight assists a game. So I, I look at it as I imagine Mark Davis, who I've I've we've actually talked about a lot anti Grizz because we monster. feel we, we feel like he he has it out for the Grizzlies. He hates and Marcus All. I'm sure a lot of fan bases feel like Mark Davis has it out for them as well. Right, right. right. But uh, so Mark Davis is in the last 13 seconds of a playoff game, which suddenly got to be a one point game because 
they fouled LaMarcus Aldridge on a three-pointer. And so Mark Davis is counting the five count. He's watching to make sure Deion Winters doesn't stray from his spot. And he's looking for fouls. This, the, the elbow came, you know, at like the four count on, on right. the five-second call. So I'm imagining, and I haven't mentioned it in months, I'd like to, I'd like to cite my very, very short career. As a as, as, as a as a mediocre basketball ref, terrible. No, but See, you, 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 they would throw you out as a witness based on this. Oh, they would. No, <laughs> that's true. But but you you have to consider. So like Mark Davis is is counting to five. At four, he's like he probably thinks, wait, what just happened? Right. Like like he sees Dean Waiters kind of kind of reach in and he sees Ginobili flop back and his thought is. Four and a half, like he's going four. About I'm about to call a five count, and it's like his split second is, what in the world just happened? Right, and he has he has a tenth of a second to say, all right, I'm going to blow my whistle, and so everyone yelling like, oh, this is terrible. This is like like how do you miss this? My question is, everyone is like, is it in the rule book that the inbounder can commit a personal foul? Like. Certainly right. not. Like everyone yelling this, it's like this isn't even codified in the rule book. They hadn't thought about it. Like, and yes, you're not supposed to break the plane with any part of your body, but we have courtside seats within so close to the to the sideline out of bounds that that's why they always tell the inbounder, like they tell Mano Ginobili, here, stand here. You have to give him three feet. So Ginobili doesn't give him that three feet. Ginobili steps in and actually steps over the line. And oh, so, yeah. I- so, so the first offense he could call is the delay of game. But right, the, which is a technical. Yeah, but so they changed and, and that I've, rule. And I've never seen <clears throat> I, I think usually they miss that call. Right. I've never seen anyone put their foot across the line. Right. So so, so I j- think that separates it from your usual it, call. If you remember from the from the mid nineties, you know, everyone did that. When when because right. they changed they didn't change the rule. It used to be everyone came out of the timeout, you set up your inbounds play, and then the guy guarding the inbounder just stepped over and took the delay of game because you wanted to see what they were going to run. Right. So they finally changed that rule, and they made it so punitive, they made it with the technical foul, that now it makes it difficult for the refs to make that call. Right. Because you're like, yeah, Ginobili's kind of close, but if I call a tech, that's a huge call. That, again, there's kind of close, and then there's what Ginobili was doing. Yeah, yeah. So, 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 so Ginobili... And I don't think you should reward that type of tomfoolery. So I'm with you. So Ginobili does push it too far. Right. And then... Again, Mark Davis probably not looking at Deion Witter's elbow because no inbounder has ever fouled a person in the history of basketball. No. Right. Like it's never happened in high school. It's never <laughs> happened in college. But what I don't get is you think that it's okay that he allowed it to happen. Yeah. I'm saying in this situation, it is. We're going to give him a mulligan. I'm going to give him a mulligan because, okay. again, if you're going to make th- that would have if he called a personal foul on an inbounder. Oh, so so It'd be so an unprecedented call in basketball. And history. we and if we go through, <laughs> if we go through the scenario that at at he just counted four and then he calls the foul and instead of calling a five second or something now Mark Davis blows his whistle. Can I give you a better argument? Okay. Basically, what Manu Ginobili and what Dion Waiters did cancel each other out. That's fine too, because that's the only compelling argument I can see for not calling anything. I would say because because who wins that argument between the fan bases like. Ginobili got fouled, and then the Thunder fans could say, well, uh, you know, well, Ginobili was all over the... He was crossing... If he, he was committing a... It's one infraction. of those things, if, if you don't call the first infraction, don't call the, the next thing. Right. Like, kind of let it go. But again, my thought is, I think if Mark Davis blows his whistle there, he's not going to call a straight foul. We're going to... They're going to huddle up. Right. There's going to be a whistle blown. People are going to freak out and not know what to call. And literally, that, that ref conversation is going to be, 
What is that attack? What do we call? Like, what is this? Yeah. Like, like I just blew my whistle. What is this? So I think again, he had a brief moment where, where he probably wasn't even staring at waiter's arms. Yeah. He right. sees Ginobili flop and he's like, what? And in that what, in that one second, Gino- uh, Waiters throws a terrible pass. So then it doesn't even matter technically because right. the Spurs get the ball and they have a three-on-one. Mm-hmm. So, I mean... Well, let's, let's continue yeah. with the referee gaffes. Oh, yeah. Danny Green steals that ball, immediately travels. Mm-hmm. I didn't even... Second, it doesn't stop. Yeah. Um, go, go, goes to the hole. The Spurs players completely lose their mind and nobody wants to shoot, by the mm-hmm. way. Right. Manager Ginobili could have probably dunked that. Yeah, he could have hit the floater. <clears throat> but uh, they fouled, they, the, the Thunder players foul everyone under the basket, right. especially Mar- LaMarcus Aldridge. And then to top it off, Steven Adams, who has like one of the greatest big man closeouts ever on that three-pointer. Right. If, if that gets completely taken out of the play right in front of a ref by a fan. Yeah. Yeah. And the ref is looking right at it. I'm telling you, those refs, they look over, but then they're not going to look at the guy in the stands. They're looking back at the play. Yeah, sure. So so my my only my only honest objection right. to the last scrum. So after the ball is inbounded, to me, that was just sublime. Right. That was beauty. That was and again, I badly wanted the Spurs to win. Like, like I like this is not one of the series where I hadn't picked it. Like, I actually am enjoying cheering for the Spurs. So the the final scrum to me was just amazing. If, if you're a Grizzlies fan, you're so used to stuff like this. Right. And and <laughs> and I feel like if you're a if you're a basketball player, right, you're used to that. Even if you're you're low lowest level Y League pickup, whatever league, last minute is crazy. Like a last position. So I think my only objection, if I thought a foul should have been called, I did think the Lamarcus Aldridge, when he got the he he grabbed that Patty Mills shot and was trying to go back up and he got pretty much hammered. He got so, elbowed in the on the top of his head yeah. twice. But again, the part of me who looks at the officials sometimes like there actually was no referee in great position in my mind to call that. Right. And he and they probably thought there was a contact. But again, going back to going back to my, my middling experience, they taught us, hey, if you're gonna make a call in like the last five seconds of a game that people are gonna go like people are gonna be like kind of freak out about, mm-hmm. everyone needs to see it. Yeah. Right. Like, like, and that's that. That goes back to the Ginobili push off on the out of bounds thing. If he's gonna make a call, that's like, yeah, I got a, I got a foul on the inbounds thrower. Like, not just Chris Webber needed to see it. Not, you know, like it's one of those like, like they said it's gonna bite you in the butt. Yeah, that was that was the that was the Middle Tennessee terminology. <laughs> Another, um, I know our actual conversation has become a, a bit diluted and muddled, and I'm not sure what we're t- arguing about anymore. But yeah, the people who say Greg Popovich should have called timeout are out of their minds. It's right. three on one. It was yeah. momentum. I mean, I, I think if if Waiters had done that and the ball was inbounded to Kevin Durant and he got fouled, maybe I would feel differently. Mm-hmm. But to me, it was all like I completely understand the refs not making this call that had never been made in the history of basketball. And then the rest of it was but just like, they, it, but then they were just shocked and they didn't call anything at right. all. No, that's true. But again, I feel like we have so many games with the end and these wild scrums. That it was just like, yeah, that's basketball. Like that's what the NBA. That's fun. Like I thought it was amazing. I thought it was an incredible ending. Best. Now we got best of five. Well, that's like, why I have it in my best, but yeah. mostly because I'm really thrilled at the prospect of maybe Mark Davis getting taken off of the playoffs for a bit because I feel like he's, to me, he's become the worst official in the game. Really, and and that's really saying something because there's so many bad. I ones. feel like there's so many guys that get on my nerves, but I feel like I like it in the playoffs now where the rotations get shorter. 
Yeah. yeah. And you and you see a guy like uh like Ed Malloy, who I generally don't like. Right. But now I see him as like the third guy on the team. Yeah. Like, oh, you're with we are with Duke and with whoever, you know, like whoever else. And like you're actually like the third man on the turn bowl. Like, oh, you're pretty good as a third you know, as like the not in charge guy. So mm-hmm. but I mean I agree that it was an awesome finish and I really enjoyed it. And I thought the Spurs deserved to win. Like but ma- Oh, I you mean the Thunder? What? No, I thought the Spurs. Oh, so you thought the, to see, win. I thought the Thunder deserved to win because they like the Spurs were terrible the whole they game. They weathered the storm. Yeah. Well, to me, what the Spurs, why the Spurs deserved to win, was an, an amazing performance by to me, who's becoming, who's gone from like the sneakiest superstar to an out and out superstar, and that's Lamarcus Aldridge. Oh my goodness! I mean, that was just a, him icing those three points. The the three the three free throws was such a like microcosmic moment for what he had done that whole game. And even Mark Davis tried to ice him. <clears throat> like he took the ball to wipe wipe the ball. <laughs> Absolutely he did. <laughs> he did. I, I'm telling you, Mark Davis is a disaster and an affront to everything that's good about basketball. Oh, that's funny. He has his he has the people he likes. It could be true. I, I don't know. He hates Marcus All more than anyone in the world. He yeah. doesn't like the Grizzlies. He's <laughs> called some of the strangest pregame te- he called pregame technical fouls on the Grizzlies. Never seen that before in my life. <laughs> He's like our our last Joey Crawford look at me ref. See I, I I think we talked about this. Like, I feel like Malloy's a look at me. I feel like Zarba is a big Zarba gets on my Man, nerves too. Zarba's really coming for the title. Yeah, this is awesome. This is this is a, this is a deep cut. We have an M- we'll have to do an, an NBA we've referee. Got, deep we've cut. gone from we no have. NBA references for the first ten minutes to NBA references that very few people will understand. <laughs> That's right, yet. Chuck. Do you have a what's your steak and eggs? Uh, my steak and eggs, best of the week. I uh, I like what happens in LA with their new coach situation. Oh, you're yeah. fired about Luke Walton? Boom. Oh no, it's not Mark Madsen. I'm sorry. Oh. I saw the picture, <laughs> and I thought it was him. Um, uh, I didn't similar, read the article. Level of talent. No, Luke Walton. Yeah, Luke. They are effectively the same player. Luke Walton's great. Um, Luke Walton's uh, Mark Madsen with a Grateful Dead tattoo. Yeah, and the Lakers are buying into a coach of sorts that hasn't really ever won a game. He's kind of Schrodinger's coach. You know, he's been <laughs> in this weird limbo place where he, he won a coach of the month, but wasn't credited with any victories. So uh, they're they're buying into the Laker tradition. I think they're buying into the Walton name. I think that comes along with kind of like that L.A. prestige. With, definitely, definitely L.A. vibe. I mean, you know, he has that he has that Lakers pedigree. Yeah, and he was out there chasing rings, which when, which when he which, was which no will, minutes. will eventually mean nothing to to our children. Charlie. Right, my son will not <laughs> know anything about how great the Lakers were. Lakers pedigree will be what Magic Johnson tweets. But yeah, so I mean. It's in. It's that's in, my worst of the week. <laughs> oh, sorry. Yeah. We'll save that. Hold we'll it. save that. Hold yeah, it. I mean, you know, and you're looking at a, a franchise that it, they they have to make the playoffs every year, and I can't see a scenario short of them doing some sort of weird Bill Simmons trade for Paul George that lets them into the playoffs in the next two or three years. <laughs> that is a perfect description. The Bill Simmons trade. A trade that can never happen. A trade that'll never happen, but just will be talked about on Twitter for two days. He's like, who hangs up here? Come on now. Yeah. <laughs> Paul George for nothing. <laughs> who says no? <laughs> yeah. All right, now what's the uh, what's the opposite of that? What is your cream of wheat, worst of week? Let's get back to Magic Johnson. Yes. Oh, yeah. It is the, the previously teased... Magic he presented Johnson. a twofold, two-tier, two-step plan to fix the Lakers <laughs> this weekend via Twitter. Are you guys ready for this? It's I'm a ready. Simple plan. How how would I fix the Lakers? Is it to Mr. trade for Paul George, Mr. Magic Johnson? <laughs> you're close, but but instead of trading, check this out. Number one, sign Kevin Durant. Oh, that's a good move. 
that's a pretty good move. And maybe, you know, the Lakers prestige, they could sway him. Yeah. <laughs> but Irvin isn't done yet. What if they can promise him a role in Space Jam 2? Uh, mm. hey, mm. that's Irvin's not done Hold yet. On. We got stuff Step to two. <laughs> Step two. Sign LeBron James. Yeah. Mm. Uh, Who says no? I believe it was a call LeBron James. He's probably not leaving, but we just want to make sure. Yeah, you want to check all your bases because that's, yeah, exactly what every franchise Magic is Magic Johnson do. has hit the, if you're on Twitter, it's hard to tell because there's like parody Magic Johnson accounts. Yeah. yeah. And it's just impossible to tell. Like you have to look at it like, no, that's the actual, that's Magic Johnson. I'll tell you one thing I, I can tell. Uh, his assistant is not tweeting for him. <laughs> Those are coming straight from the mouth and mind. That ain't no Trump work. Of urban magic. Speaking of straight from the the tweet, this isn't mine, but just a little aside to this. Phil Jackson again getting Knicks fans all up in a in a Twitter, if you will. Yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, while not the Knicks don't have a coach, people aren't crazily you know crazy happy about the way the franchise is going. However, Phil just want to let you know if you're ever in Sioux Falls where you can get good Thai food. Uh. Just tweeting out. You never know where you'll find good Thai food. I'm in Sioux Falls. <laughs> Phil Jackson has it's, had... And like all the responses are like, why don't you find a good coach? It's easy to, to equate Phil Jackson's life to Forrest Gump's, but for like true cinephiles, there's a movie called Being There, starring Peter Sellers, directed by Hal Ashby, wherein a mentally handicapped, perhaps severely autistic gardener uh, <laughs> daughters and and stumbles into like a role as a presidential advisor and like talk show sensation. I feel like Montana Phil is pretty close to this. What percentage of our audience do you think has seen being there? Has, knows what you're talking about. That's why I went with Forrest Gump first. That's a, mm-hmm. <laughs> that was slightly. It really uh, is. Uh, yeah. I mean, it, Phil's just he's found he's been in all these historical moments and and when and when you see his actual personality, you're just like, how what. Yeah, why? <laughs> that man's just getting paid twelve million a year to drive around the Northwest. It's like marries into the Lakers dynasty. Yeah, gives like people like he's going to cookbooks, and people think it's brilliant. It's like, well, how does that help Kobe? He's, that just he, pissed Kobe he, off. Does that make is that make Jenny Bus Shirley McLean? Oh, <laughs> that's pretty good. Or Jenny, Jenny. <laughs> We can swap them. <laughs> I'm proud of your references. I just, I'm just worried none of our listeners no are getting no, them. No, somebody, somebody go watch being there. <laughs> yeah, man, if you would put the odds on Chuck knowing being there, right? Exactly. Did you just Google that? No. This is, oh, that's incredible. That uh, just blew my mind. <laughs> There's a period of time where I was pretty sure the only movies Chuck had seen were Goodfellas and Scarface. Bad Boys. My brother was a huge B- Peter Sellers. Bad Boys fan. too. Ah. Yeah. Watched them all the time. Monty Python, Peter Sellers. Great. My worst thing is a continuation. We already talked about a lot of it. The the people getting upset the last two minutes. Uh, it's also kind of. I'll actually switch it. Part of it was people yelling. So the Heat won Game One against the Raptors in spectacular fashion, mainly based on we had a half court shot, a half court game tying <laughs> shot, which was incredible. Poor not, Kyle, not to me. But packaged packaged around that was thirty minutes that included nine nine or ten timeouts, three instant replay reviews. And once again, on the final play, when Dwayne Wade stole the ball, people erupting with, didn't he travel? Yeah. Like, guys, like he dove on the floor to pick the ball up. I'm pretty sure he had his knee as a pivot. Also, the NBA is pretty loose when you get on the ball, on the ground with the ball. He released the ball for a dribble. Let's quit calling, like, desperately hoping for weird calls. This goes back to our pickup game the thing. The pickup game. I Don't be it. the pickup game guy. You're like, was that a travel? Yeah, you're not calling a like, charge. Like, dude, you got scored on. Yeah, like, that's it. Come on. 
Like, Dwayne Wade made an awesome play to finally save that game, even though Luol Deng was openly, brazenly shaving points. (laughs) (laughs) They were up up six with, like, 30 seconds left in both regulation and overtime. Both games. And and Luol da- Deng Danny just, Danny Ferry was yelling at his TV. Took uh, Danny Ferry. I, to- I told you. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> we'll say no more. The uh, but uh, the yeah him, him Luol Deng taking off the baseline. So my thing is again, like people, let's not get so carried away about these. I feel like there's been gross miscalls in sports before. Right. These haven't been them for me. These are just like, this is just basketball. Like, crazy stuff happens in the games. It could just fun. It's kind of where we live, though, now with like instant replay. And yeah, it's like kind of like half of what people like invest their energy into when they watch perform like sports. Like, half of it is the relationship between the officials and the players. I mean, that's like a huge thing for people. I I mean, I had a movie about an official, an NBA official, didn't they? Billy Crystal. Billy Crystal. Mm-hmm. Uh, so was it Forget Paris? Forget Paris. Forget Paris. Meg Ryan. Yeah, Man, really great. We are really sad. <sighs> we should just do a in the off season. We should just do movie podcasts. We, we, we've gone from highbrow to the lowest of brow. Can we yeah. at least tie this into George Miras on somehow? <laughs> I never saw my giant. Never saw it. Nope. No, no one did. Chuck, what's your uh, what's your worst? Man, thing? Space Jam Two. You guys talked about it earlier. Oh yeah, I just yeah. Made, yeah. I don't care about LeBron. It's just. They let Jer- Jeremy Lin direct it for some reason. And I just found out that Jeremy Lin directed like a bunch of the Fast and Furious movies. Well, he did go to Harvard. He's a multifaceted Renaissance man. Mm-hmm. So. He, d- he does look like a... But <laughs> oh, no. It's you just, know it's not I just Jeremy Googled Lin, it. Right? I just Googled yeah. this. It's just He looks Lin. like a Sorry. film director with the, the hair. He's trying so hard. He, he looks like a jerk. I'm so glad... That the Hornets lost. I know. I know you guys like Jeremy. I will Jeremy not Lin. have any anti-Jeremy Lin speech. I know you guys talk about him. Yeah, that's that, that's not the way. That's not the way to but go to the podcast. It, this is the way that I just you know. He, in reality, though, Lin has kind of become this. Jeremy or Justin? Both. Um, <laughs> <laughs> they've proven themselves after coming out kind of uh, in a superstar fashion. No, I, I, Lin has. I thought he was going to be a flash in the pan kind of guy after that. Justin, J- J- Jeremy, Jeremy. Um, <laughs> For the first Fast and Furious, um, no. Adrian Lynn directed. Uh, <laughs> I mean, nine and a half weeks. You're telling me they took they took the guy who we had True Detective and then True Detective Two. That the guy? first like five were directed by I think a lot of them were directed. I know the a lot of them were directed by Justin Lin. So you're telling me the guy who does True Detective Two is now directing uh, the next Space Jam? I'm not excited. Yeah, um, I don't care much about. Here's the thing. Well, I don't. I don't think nuance Here's is important the, no, in, in a Space Jam. Yeah. Who plays the Sean Bradley role? That's what. I or the Mugsy Bogues, the comedy. It's Boban. Oh, he's not. I don't think he's big enough. No, who's the not. tallest NBA player now? <laughs> but if Boban's not big enough, oh man, <laughs> who's the tallest NBA player? Good question. Isn't Boban uh, thinking now? It's got to be Boban. Seven Por- three. Boban, it is. I think you put like Porzingis in there, maybe. Oh wait a minute, it needs to be the tallest wide NBA player because why well, wasn't Manute Bowl in the Sean Bradley? Yeah, that's true. Um. I don't know. Who cares? I feel like Nick Young's going to be in it. Yeah, Swaggy P does he play somehow Swaggy P is going to be in it? Swaggy who, who plays you the know, human roles? The human roles. Oh, <laughs> you know who plays the human? Seth roles. Rogen. No, uh, it's they all got to be basketball fans, right? Shia LaBeouf. Oh, you probably. I was going to think maybe in the Ch- middle of a massive. In my mind, Chan- Channing Tatum gets in there somehow. Oh mm. God, you're probably right. Yeah. He's a guy I feel like I should not like, but I like him. Really? Yeah. Did you see Hateful Eight? I haven't yet. Actually. Most irksome present cameo performance in, in a Don't long time. Don't give me time. cameos. Those are spoilers, John. How funny! That would... movie came out like eighteen months ago. 
I think came um, came out when Dwayne Wade hit his last three, <laughs> and I have a kid, and I haven't seen it. It's um, hard to catch those three-hour westerns now. It's not what, very good. It's very self. Do you guys remember like a f- this Space Jam talk has been going on for a while that with right. Mike trying to. You ever go look it. at the old uh, website? It's still, uh, it's there. still there. Still there, yeah. there on GeoCities. Or? <laughs> but the the funny thing is, how how much uh, is LeBron accepting this role now? Uh, kind of him saying, "Oh yeah, yeah, I'm good right now." Because in two years, people aren't going to be talking about LeBron as like an upper echelon. They, you know, he's not going to be talking. He's, you're not going to be talking about he's for a the star. MVP. He Chuck, is, but Chuck is really lost. What I'm saying is lost focus on what LeBron is now. In a couple years, though, Steph Curry's going to be Steph Curry's going to be in the movie. That's that's what I'm saying. Is he? He has to be in the movie. I would imagine he will. Be they in the movie they now. will they will pay millions and millions to get him. But in the movie. but that's no. But that Steph Curry. Fit. Uh, I I think I can get inside confirmation that Steph Curry is a huge Space Jam fan. Oh yeah. Yeah. That's surprise, surprise. But no, and I mean, why wouldn't in a in a year it's a real discussion whether or not Steph Curry should be starring in Space Jam? Is the my question point. is if they can keep the LeBron's buddies out because we don't need it all. Carmelo, Dwayne Wade. Well, absolutely. Chris Here's Paul. what's going to happen. Here's why the old ways were better. Let me get all get off my lawn for a second. Get off my old lawn, Space John. Jam. You had like Grandma Ma in it and Muggsy Bogues and Sean Bradley and like characters who weren't necessarily the best players or the most marketable players. Now it's totally going to be like LeBron, Steph, right. Katie, Mello, everyone from the large market. You know, Blake Griffin will be in the movie. Yeah, it'll be oh, yeah. absolutely. There's no driving there's, a there's, Kia unless unless he punches testes in the face again. Who would your Space Jam guys be? Because oh. I would I would go more like original Space Jam. I'd get the characters. I, Draymond would be on there. I would put Tony Allen. Tony Allen would have to be there. Giannis. Yeah, he would Greek be freak. and his arms would just extend when he became a monster. Yeah. yeah, it would be. I mean, if the NBA was pushing it, mm-hmm. if it wasn't being like a studio. Some multinational Hollywood studio running it. I feel like the NBA was pushing it. It'd be more fun. You'd you'd have the you'd have Cat. You'd have Giannis. You'd have Porzingis. I think for sure they'd be, want, they'd be pushing their future I want guys. Personalities, though, when you said Swaggy P, like that's what I'm talking about. My thing is that's genius. The getting the the ja- look. Javale. The looks are important. So Birdman, you go with them. absolutely. Oh. Hit us up on Twitter. Birdman, NBA Monstar. Jam casting couch. Yeah. Or excuse me. That's, uh, yeah, Space not, Jam. That's going to be gross. Space Jam Two. Ca- that's going to be. Couch. I'm not. Don't even. Don't Google that. Mm-mm. Don't <laughs> never Google casting couch. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right. That's perfect. So we pretty much we we've been yammering on. Um, real quick, do we want to wrap up anything in a scattered, smothered, covered way? Do we want to talk any more about the the any of the series that have wrapped up? We said goodbye to the Clippers. Goodbye to the Pacers. Goodbye to the Hornets. Can Anything we talk we about the Pacers? Can we bid them adieu by questioning like everything they might be doing? We don't know if they're doing. Yeah. But what did Frank Vogel not do to get his job back? Right. It could be the last 10 seconds of that game seven where, I mean, where there were there were literally three Raptors lying on the ground and his team had the rebound down three and he called timeout when they were like had an easy fast break. To, he went reverse pop. He went and he called, and the timeout was after a pass, so they didn't get to advance the ball. It was a staggering. What in the world are you doing? And then they came out with a quick two, and then that was the series. It was a. I feel like I feel like the way to beat Dwayne Casey in the playoffs is just to wait for yeah his team to fall apart. Yeah, Dwayne and, Casey's and, a and they were falling apart, and then Vogel kind of shut it, shut it down, shut down the final rally with that final timeout. So, but I don't know. But you you are right. Right, Larry Bird, the man who fired uh, Rick Carlisle. Right uh, now, not sure he's going to bring <laughs> Vogel back. Who's Who's he going to bring in next? Red Hour back? I mean, he's having great coach after great coach. Jim in. O'Brien. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Jim huh? O'Brien. Good lord. 
That man was first. Reed Richards, baby. <laughs> the White Wall. Space and pace. Jimmy Walnuts. He looked amazing. <laughs> yep. Uh, we didn't. Yeah, I feel like we should mention the Austin Rivers got bloodied and bruised. Oh, he got toe up. I think in the the between quarter interview with Doc Rivers, they were like, "I know it's one of your players, all, but how's it feel seeing your son all bloodied?" And Doc Rivers was like, "I don't have a son." <laughs> it's kind of rough. Great. It's kind of horrible. Mm-hmm. He looked like Jared. He actually said, well, it's not that. It's just, I mean, all these players are my son. Like, yeah. I'm glad Doc Rivers is not my dad. Yeah. Mm. Outside of the uh, nepotism of the world, that part might be good. Yeah. Like, I could probably get a pretty sweet yeah. NBA-related job. Did any of your dads coach your rec league teams? No. Mm-mm. No, my dad doesn't know sports. He's yeah. There are two kinds of rec league dads. Yep. Coach dads. And, and then there's my dad. There's the... Uh, <clears throat> most of the rec league dads... Coaches, they play their son all the time, no matter what. Okay. Whether yeah. he's good or bad. Right. So you usually have the kid, the dad with the bad kid, and the right. dad with the good kid. Then there was my dad. Okay. Who either hated me so much or was so concerned that even though I've been the same height since I was about 11. So at that time, I was one of the tallest, big, biggest kids. Yeah. I was, I still led our team in scoring and everything. My dad would play me one half only. Because oh. he was so, con- I, I don't know if he was scared of the other parents or he was just trying to teach me life lessons or build character. And then he, he would he, take he me. He failed on or, both those accounts. Or he was a dick. Yeah, he would <laughs> yeah, take yeah. me to the all star thing, <laughs> like where the coaches made the all star teams. Right, right. And all the other coaches would be like, well, your son's going to be on there, right? And my dad would be like, no. No, he's not. <laughs> and I'd be sitting next to him. Oh, wow. I feel like he's trying to teach you lessons. I think so. I feel too. like he was like, this is a great lesson. My dad's maybe the greatest. Greatest slash worst basketball dad ever. His other technique, when we would play pickup games, my dad, like me and my dad would play each other, and my dad would smoke while we played. <laughs> and my dad's way of staving off my defense would be to wave the cigarette around so that I couldn't guard him. <laughs> and then he would take a, a, a three-pointer from the same spot. I think my dad missed that three-pointer five times in my entire life. <laughs> oh, man. That, that, that scene needs to be in Space Jam. Yeah. <laughs> At the opening. I see LeBron smoking Le- a cigarette. LeBron's dad with a cigarette, like, <laughs> come at me. Coming out of the posts, if you dare. Or Delonte West. Put him in Space Jam. With a, <laughs> he should with a, be in Space with a Jam. Harley Davidson full of shotguns. <laughs> we gotta get man. We gotta get Spreewell in there. We gotta get cameos. Oh, they man. gotta cameo this out. Javaris Crittenden. <laughs> Pull him out of jail. I mean, you gotta get Silver Work in there. Release program. <laughs> Silver looks like a monster. He yeah. does. Like, <laughs> like you gotta, you gotta get him. You gotta get him doing. So Joey Crawford's last ride could be in uh, Space Jam too. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Could be finally be the star of his own movie. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, I think that brings us to the awards segment of the evening. Before, playoff edition. Playoff edition. Before we get there, I do want to tell you about our friends at Fan Essentials, who has branched out into NFL gear. If you like that kind of thing, they might be flirting with college. Don't do it. Don't do it. But anyway, for NBA fans, they have NBA gear for every team. You sign up for a subscription. They start at $14.99. You get 30% off if you enter our code FBBF, as in Fast Break Breakfast. And then we can afford more gear, like this brand new, what is it, C-Class Signal Processor that we're learning how to use. Uh, so yeah, go to Fan Essentials, get all the essentials you need, fanessentials.net, and get all the essentials you need. Use our code. Help us out. All right. The International Stack House of Pancakes, which is awarded to the worst performance in a box score. We have a few honorable mentions this week. Kevin Love, 4 for 17. Russ Westbrook, 5 for 19. Kyle Lowry, 4 
everything that you were doing in the playoffs, <laughs> staying late after the game, shooting till one a.m. Brother, just chill. You need to relax. You need to go to. You need to go to Waffle House or Charlie Bob's or whatever there is in Toronto. When, when your teammate, the other guy, is supposed to be the the scorer. When his dribbling problems reach an apex in the playoffs, like I cannot watch Demar Derozan dribble ever again. It is painful. I don't. I don't. He is an all star. I don't want to get distracted. Should. Like, should Corey Joseph be playing like 30 minutes and Lowry like 25 until they work it out? Mm-hmm. Like, I don't know. Like, I, Corey Joseph I, is playing really well this playoffs. Why can't they and do? And they're terrible. Why can't they play them both? They can. They, they do yeah. share the time. But I'm saying, but, but I'm saying Kyle Lowry's playing 40 minutes a night and is atrocious. Well, that's just one of the, I mean, this happened last year, too. I know. It's happened before. So you have to wonder about. The level of competition increasing in the playoffs. Uh, I don't know. It seems like it's more. Anyway, let's not get let's that, that's a, that's a, that's a whole other can of worms. Let's just get to our our iShop nominees. Uh, we have three nominees this week in chronological order as they occurred. Evan Turner back in round one in a loss, four for seventeen, eight point seven boards, four assists, a turnover, and five fouls. Four for seventeen, eight points. Kimba Walker, game seven. Ugh. It's a uh, winner go home. Oh, I will take go home. Thank you. Kimba going to Kimba. <laughs> three, for, three for 16, nine points, six assists, one board, one steal, three turnovers. Frank the Foreman Kaminsky in game seven. Winner go home. I'll take the latter. Three for 15, 12 points, six boards, two assists. So we have Evan Turner, four for 17. Kimball Walker, three for 16. I have strong thoughts about this. Frank the Foreman, three for 15. Yes, John? I feel like if you don't realize that it's Kimball Walker, you're out of your mind. Yeah. Because he is the player they rely on most. He disappeared. And he totally chucked it in the air. He could have the icing on the cake on the ninth man off the bench roll. Right. And still take home this eye shop. Yeah. In my book. Okay. Three three, three for 16. But yes, he is their best player. Three for 16 in game seven. Three for 16 alone gets it. Pretty ugly, pretty ugly way to go out. And now that Hornets team with all kinds of free agents and not ways to keep them all. So, and do they even I, want to keep them? I all? know you love this Hornets team, but I don't think this. I think this team was like a complete bizarre shot in the dark. I'm not. I don't love this Hornets team. This you Hornets love Steve, team. Won, you love Steve. Cliff. This Hornets team won me over this year. Right. I found them to be one of the more interesting teams. They did finish, you know, top ten in both offense and defense this year. One of the few teams that did that. But I didn't expect anything. They had a fun ride. Now they're in a weird, do we try to run it back? We lost in the first round. Do we run it right back? back, baby. Even though we don't have a chance. But anyway, yes, Kimball Walker, you are this week's International Stack House of Pancakes Award winner. Okay. Playoff edition. Our par fadeaway. No Grizzlies epilogue. We'll be back at that next week, talking a little off-season some places that we think players might go and who the, who the Grizzlies might want to get. But our par fadeaway are things that we are looking forward to in the coming week. What do we got? Not the Eastern Conference playoff games. I feel like it's a foregone conclusion on both fronts. Which fronts are they? You're saying you, you think it's foregone? You think the Heat are going are gonna to win this? I think the, the Raptors? Heat, I think the Heat and the Cavs will, will, will win each of their series in five games. I don't oh, wow. think so. This really? guy, yeah, I like the Heat, but they're going six at the very minimum. They might go. Dwayne Casey's such a fraud, though. God, I don't know who to blame. I guess it's Casey, but it's the players, and I don't know. I like their roster, except for Demar Derozan and his dribbling. Well, so the thing I'm looking forward to is once you know, like once your team gets eliminated, 
my team being the Grizzlies, right? Uh, then you're free to whore yourself out to whoever's fun to and cheer you, for. And you have gone full favorites. I've gone full favorites. Well, also, this is a year, and actually the last couple of years, in my mind, there's no more bad guys. I don't know. I guess some people really hate LeBron. Mm-hmm. But like for me, I Wait, guess the, the, LeBron in that last game, that was a sublime performance. It was so it was good. Really so good. so I finally got to lay the Grizzlies to rest. So now I just get to cheer for the teams that I enjoy watching. So I'm out here like a bandwagon. I'm cheering for the Warriors. I'm cheering for the Spurs. I'm cheering for the Cavs. I enjoy watching all of these teams except for the Heat. Well, so that was my take. You, you In our text thread, John was like, you're not going to throw Chuck some love and cheer for the Heat. Like the Heat Raptors series... One, I don't care who wins. Two, no one does. Like it's meaningless. You need like, you know who you does care. Cavs. You the need. NBA yeah. and Adam Silver and well, we the need, ratings people. You guys point out accurately. Yes, we do need LeBron versus the Heat. Right. We need this as a effing podcast. No, that's <laughs> that's that's true too. You know, that's that's that that's that's the fight Chuck against the. Got- Chuck just got so clear-minded he censored himself. Yeah. <laughs> that's that's the fight against burnout we need. Right. Yeah. I need I need this in my life as a heat but, fan. But I had the break with the recording, so I'm like really raring to go. Oh yeah, you you're so like you're, I'm like you're finally out of the, I'm, the I'm music back into world. It. And yeah. I'm actually going to Miami. I'm going to catch a a, a game Hell yes, in Miami Chuck. this That's the way to do it. do it. I haven't watched I want to see you on TV. Just, I want I'm, that shirt off. All I'm saying is that Heat Raptors series is the one series without a contender. Right. We absolutely have, yeah yeah so the, the other series are, are, are the right. legit ones so well, we can i am the that. east yeah. is a foregone conclusion i am I, the I'm, west to me wide open i think it's wide open. i'm so excited yeah. so so that's know. i think look lebron and Kyrie are just they're not friends anymore they hate each other they don't follow each other on instagram what team in the east is gonna beat that team no they're playing so well i know but i, I just hope the infighting and the pressure of the moment of playing back lebron's never lost to the hawks in the playoffs they right. beat the Hawks eight times in a row. Yeah, and this is after beating the, the Pistons 12 times in a row. But I mean, Le- LeBron has been known to let emotions interfere with his performance. All right, so to wrap it he up. Has. to to unbelievable. Cl- to close it. I watched it happen. What do you guys think? Let's go ahead and make ourselves look stupid. What's going to happen this this round? I'm going I'm going Heat 7. Okay. Um, I'm going uh, Cavs 5. Yep. I think... Um, I think the Spurs go five. I think they're going to So you think the, th- think the Thunder already got their one? Yeah, the Thunder got their one. Wow. Can, okay. And, um, yeah, I think the Warriors five or six, So depending okay. on what. Uh, part of me is is thinking that they may do what I, you know, if they don't want to get too far ahead. Uh, chill. Just chill and let let it let it work out. And but, get if that, those guys. but if that other series goes long, it'll take care of themselves and they can wrap yeah, it up. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. I, I'm similar to you, Chuck. Before it started... I had Cavs five. I still feel good about. I had Heat six. Still feel good about. I went Spurs five, which obviously them losing a game at home made me be like, uh oh. But that was a game where Durant and Westbrook were both on, and yeah. most importantly, Ibaka was on fire. Yeah, like we haven't been getting these games. Like, mm-hmm. is Ibaka going to find a shot now and not play kind of terribly on offense? Well, Got then, it. then that means they're actually good. Right. But every, but every, but options. everything else. And that still came down to like Patty Mose couldn't hit his shot. The Spurs mm-hmm. played kind of not great, and it's still they had a three on one fast break to win the game. Mm-hmm. So you know, despite despite all the officiating, so I still feel like I guess I'll stick with Spurs in five, even though it looks wrong. We just because that was my pre my pick before the series started. I went Warriors in six, and I'm a little concerned about that. I think the, I think the Blazers can take care of business at home. They had a really tough loss um, on Tuesday night where they blew a big lead. 
and they were still in it. So yeah, that's something that's gonna happen. What about you, John? I'll stick with my earlier predictions. Uh I feel like I feel like we had a good good grip on these. We're all saying the same thing. I think it's chalk. Yeah. Yeah, we like we feel like we have a like I like I think the Thunder will do better than you guys did. I think I think Keith, did you predict a sweep? No, I, I said five, but I yeah, thought it was going to be. I thought it was going to be kind of comfortable, right? Them well, the losing, first game was the first game was very comfortable. The second game, it was it chaos. Sense, it made yeah, the sense game, to me. The Thunder's performance was pretty heroic in that they weathered those Spurs yeah, comebacks, the comebacks, and then they had comebacks themselves. Well, so I thought the Spurs would handily handle. That's some good English. Um, the that's very Chuck Anderson. The the Thunder in this series, but I actually thought they might struggle game one because of the transition from playing the Grizzlies to actually right. going to a good NBA team. It's the uh, so rookie th- to all Madden right. challenge. But, but, but they, they aced that. Just throw it in the garbage. They, <laughs> they aced that test so well that then that letdown to me came in the second game where they're like, we, we, we swept the Grizzlies. Now we crushed the thunder. Now we're coming out and they got off to such a slow start. So I think maybe mentally that'll get them to where I do think they could win the next three. Right. But again, I mean, Thunder fans are like, look, we won. We were in this game. I t- it's legit. It could be. I a- actually think what you guys said is more likely to happen than what, because I was like an in six or seven guy. Right, right. But really, it took like a, a you know, disastrous, disaster or miracle, depending on where you stand on it, for right. them to beat the Spurs, you know. I thought it's the best drama we've had all season. But to me, there are three truly, truly sublime teams in this playoffs. Right. And it's, and it's Spurs, Warriors, Thunder. I th- that Thunder team, I think if they had a coach, would be really something else. Because sure, well, they, of course, yeah, because because they are poorly coached. I, so Billy I, Donovan has not proved out. I think the, I think the Cavs are way are significantly better than the Thunder. Really, I do. I, I I have so much trust in LeBron that like they would they would they'd LeBron get it looks done. terrifying, especially when he's like. Getting five steals a game, yeah. Playoff playing LeBron. serious yeah. defense. This is what I kind of I hinted at a couple episodes ago, where it's his you know season. It, his season averages were awful and right. lower than they've been in some time. But I think he's just five finals. I mean, he read. makes the yeah. finals every year. You know, it, and that's a lot of and, and then the Olympics and all that stuff. Like, it, it, I think he was just coasting. Kevin Love had. A, I was surprised he didn't end up on the iShop. Well, oh, he was he was nominated. Yeah. Yeah. He was a well, he was a nominee last week, and yeah. he was an honorable mention this week. He's right. he's bricking some shots. He mm-hmm. he's having he's playing really poorly, and they're still comfortably beating him. Offensively, like, like, I know the Hawks got in close towards the end, but did you really ever doubt? I didn't think they would have a chance. I mean, okay. I hoped, but it's just. LeBron's LeBron. I know that's a boring way to look at it, but he turns it on in the playoffs, and he he's the type of player. To me, it's not he's getting to the hole to the hole at will, right? Which but gets to his me, free throws up, which his helps him passing out. right now is so next level that it's just ripping teams. Him apart. just finding those three point shooters anytime he's surrounded by all those guys. And it's is not great. just finding them; it's when the pass is on. It's literally in the sweet spot of oh, the shooter. It's, like, it's going to be it's like they're so grabbing them off a rack. You know, when he's doing it against the monsters, it's wait. really going <laughs> to illuminate, right. he, animate exactly what we're when saying. He's throwing a ball through Boban's stomach. He's got Isaiah Thomas catching Carmelo in stride. <laughs> That's perfect. All right. So, you guys, thanks for checking us out. Um, check out fanessentials.net. Go to rabble.tv. I've been looking for, again, been looking for rabbles to listen to during the playoffs. We're going to get back on it now that John's back in town. We're, we're organizing our schedules. We'll, we'll do some playoff games. Going to do that lottery. Oh, we'll probably do the lottery. That'll, that'll be a lot of fun doing that on Rabble. You can download that app. They just have a new update there. 
Um, like us on Facebook. Follow us on Twitter at Fast Break Break. Write us a review on iTunes. really helps us out. So thanks for listening. You guys are the best. And remember, breakfast is the most important thing. Winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice, and a good polar vortex. Oh, <laughs> heaven! Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, old man winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.